Hey, listen, it's Jacob, a.k.a. Quick Pause It, from the First Hour Podcast. I've got a full house this week, and the, the, the people that fill this house have names, and those names are... This the legend of Lucifer. I know someone's going to say that one, so I stole it from him. Hey, listen to the <laughs> First Hour Podcast. This is one of your hosts, uh, Jaren, a.k.a. Bedruid. This is Joel, also known as Filthy Muffin. This is Jack of Spades, also known as James. Watch out! Luke! Watch out! Hey! Hey, it's the other Jacob, also known as Visor of Samus. Teehee! <laughs> You're not getting out the famous Grego without a sword or shield. Jeez! I thought about doing the sheesh. I'm glad, glad Greg did. Yeah, it's before the times. Hello. Hey. This is Sabrina. Hey. Also known as Sabs. Yeah, I knew people would want to do the hey listen, so I made sure to to steal that just right a fucking way. Look. Look. What am I why is, why is she saying long? Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the fuck is listen. that? Okay. Listen. I that throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> It's true. It's true to the game. That's that's fair. So well, save for the sound. Speaking of the game, uh, Ganondorf, the evil king of thieves, is on the move, threatening the peaceful land of Hyrule. Watch out! He has determined to steal his way into the legendary sacred realm in hopes of harnessing the power of the mythical Triforce. As the young hero Link, it is your destiny to thwart Ganondorf's evil schemes. Navi. Or Navi, I don't know how to pronounce it. Your guardian fairy will guide you as you venture through the many regions of Hyrule. From the volcanic Hello. caves of Death Mountain to the treacherous waters of Zora's Domain. Before you complete this epic quest, you'll delve into deadly dungeons, collect weapons of great power, and learn the spells you need to conquer the most irresistible force of all time. The immersive storyline and environments draw players into an amazing 3D world. Time travel allows Luke. you to play as Link in different stages of his life. New gameplay features include a unique targeting system. Yes, it does. And first and third person perspectives. Up Luke. to three games can be saved simultaneously to memory. That's the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64. Sabrina, this yeah. is your game. Yeah. Why'd you pick it? Okay, so uh, I want to make sure that I got this correct, so I wrote this out. Um, Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> scripted. Scripted. I'm not going to do a cancer scripted. joke this time. Yep. You're not going to do a what? Uh, no cancer joke this time, then. Oh, okay. Um, I'll hold it. I'll hold my tongue if this is another sob story. Uh, not taken see. away from the story. I'm just... No, no, I get you. It no, was I a understand. sad story last time. You're, yeah. You added to it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so... Okay. um. 
the reason I chose this game was because it brings back a lot of me fond memories from that time when I first played it. So, slightly sad backstory. I played this during the time when my sister was in the hospital. And at that time, we had some family friends that would offer to have my brother and I hang out with them when our parents were working and dealing with the stuff with the hospital. And we couldn't go home from school right away because we were waiting for them to pick us up. Uh -oh. So, <laughs> uh-oh, yeah. So anyway... <laughs> God Don't be laughing during this. It's <laughs> sad. That's my wife. I'm about the oh. only person that's allowed to laugh at this. Oh, point. she's laughing. I well, it's it's that nervous laughter of I don't know how else to react. Anyways, um, one of the games that they had was The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and the younger brother, who was my age, introduced me to that game. He already had most of it beat, but he knew I liked horses, so he showed me that part with Epona in it. And that's pretty much when I fell in love with the game. But to be honest, uh, that's the only part of the game I played. So I just rode Epona around and did the races, but that's it. So playing the game today was the first time I played from the beginning. So I'm really excited to get back into this game and review it today. And so that's why I chose this game. That's really interesting, Sabrina. I think to sum it up, I should just say, Hey, before we continue, would somebody hit up C so Matt will stop playing Navi sound effects and ask him what he needs? Oh, up C. Lucifer? I'm hitting up C now. Stop playing those sound effects. What do you want? You can... If you walk up to this brick, you can push it. The one that you've pushed already. With what button? <laughs> you got to make sure you pay attention to what the A button does. Read okay. the dialogue it's on your A button. It's confusing and it flips around back and forth. Hello. Gameplay is a five. I'm just kidding. I didn't give it a five, but that'd be really funny though. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be lucky if it was a five. Sure. Can I start this uh -oh. off with a fun fact? Yeah. Let's, let's hear the fun fact. The fun fact. Okay. So you guys all know Epona, the horse that Link rides. No, you, actually. Uh, well, Link rides a horse named Epona that he befriends as uh, as a little foal when uh, they first arrive, or when he first arrives at Lon Lon Ranch. Did you know, or do you guys know what the specific color of Epona is? Do you know what that's called? Brown. Uh, chestnut. Uh, it's nope. called brown. Burgundy. Uh, macaroon. Uh, Bay. Hazel. Greg's what, what half right. that hazel color? A baby, a, a baby poop brown. No, uh, the color that Epona is, it's called Silver Bay. And basically what happens, is it's a bay horse with a silver gene that causes the mane and tail to be white. So their, and their body is the, the bay color. So there you go. Fun little fact that Epona is a silver bay. I'm going to start telling people that I'm silver bay skin colored. Silver bay. No, you're not. You're not even close. No, because I've got, I've got uh, dark hair, but my skin is white. Look. So Okay. <laughs> I'm a silver bay skin color. I actually have a slightly more relevant fun fact. <laughs> That's here. what I How wanted to hear. It's, it's about the horse hey, in the game. Kind of a horse fact, fun fact. I, like, fair enough, I really fair did enough. like Sabrina's fact. Yeah. Jacob's gonna one up you here oh, in this one. Okay. What's Joel got to say? Yeah, so little fun fact here. I have never beaten a single Zelda game. Really? What? Wow. Also, Watch out. this is one of two that I have ever played. Okay. <laughs> oh my I'm with, god. I I'm with you. Just have not played many. Yeah, this is my first time playing Ocarina of Time. Ooh. All right. Wow. I will say I have played this in the past, but this is the first time I put some effort no, into no... it. Yeah, let's say that. Put some effort into it. Yeah. Okay. I have Any... beat Hyrule Warriors though. The best Zelda game. 
as previously discussed. Okay, I don't I don't know about that, but I think any... maybe you said that just offhand, and I don't think that's discussing it. I think you just mentioned that that's your opinion. Anyone else have any uh, memories tied to this game? This was one of those games where it's like your friend would come over and show you how to do some weirdo secret part sort of a thing. So this is very much like couch co-op and that sort of stuff. It's just got a lot of really memorable music as well. I'm sure we'll kind of go into that. But like this game, despite how little I may have played it, is forever bonded to my mind because of the music. Uh, yeah. Just like Jacob, uh, my distance between the first time I played this game and when I actually owned this game was about 16 years. Yeah, uh, I think my fondest memories were being at a Hollywood video and I'd see it uh, sitting on the shelf and then I'd pick something else to take home for the weekend. Yeah, like Buck Bumble? Buck Bumble. Yep, like yep. Buck Bumble, uh, exactly. Do you guys want to know another, another little fun fact about yeah. this game? No, yeah. let's just move on. No, no I, I do. want to hear it. Listen. Oh, oh, I have. Okay, so so this game is literally one of. It's tied for my favorite game of all time. I have the collector's edition right here, framed. That's uh, barely, barely touched collector's edition box here with the collector's edition cartridge. Have you got that PSA graded? Uh, it'd probably be a PSA seven. It's really. <laughs> There's like a chocolate milk stain on it, and you know. <laughs> James, why don't you pull that cartridge out of the box and give it a blow across the old butt for a It's uh, okay. Yeah. It's it still works. Now. It still works. Get your tongue. Get your tongue in there too. Ugh. Well, that's how you remove the dust. Oh if my it's God. caked on. James, is your other favorite game Bomberman Second Attack? Nope. Uh, oh. it's, some of you might be able to guess my second favorite game, but that's for another time. It's Glover. Bomberman 1? <laughs> no. It's Muramasa. No. World of Warcraft? No. <laughs> well, okay. Just name okay, every game surprising. until we get it. Let's keep going. Resident Evil 1. Resident <laughs> Evil 2. Hello. No. Resident Evil Code Veronica. There's only like a couple of Okay, yeah, let's move on into the gameplay here. <laughs> Resident Evil Revelations. Matt, do you have some uh, gameplay scores for us? Oh, yeah. I, in fact, do. We did all play this game. Greg, Sabrina, did you guys play separately this week? Curious. Yes. Oh. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Okay. The stern talking to was worth it. All right, here we go. Should we go top to bottom? Yeah, I think that's going to sure. be more fun because James gave it a 10 for gameplay. Uh. Jaron gave it a 9. Then we have four sevens. Joel, Lucifer, Visor, and Sabrina gave it sevens. Greg a 6. And QPI a 4. Oof. Whoa. Oh, wow. that's way down there. Okay, me, I, me and me and Quick be... are gonna agree with a couple of things here. Watch out! One of one of our biggest complaints about games is camera controls, and the camera controls for this game are absolutely fucking cancer. Hey, can I get a little? Uh, <laughs> can I get Whoa. a sound effect of that guy from Storage Wars going yup? Yup. Okay. Um. Yup. I think it might have to be due to uh, the player's skill level. <laughs> Okay, we're about to fight because a camera control should not be a skill level situation, James. Ah! I will say, uh, though, in regards to that, like, after you told me that I could get the camera behind me with the simple push of one button, uh, the Z button, then I got right into it, you know? I, I didn't find it super duper hard. But sometimes it wouldn't get right behind you. And good luck facing the way you want to turn the camera and not only does it not always go behind you sometimes it targets an enemy which isn't always the way that you want to look like matt said 
and then dropping out of that forces the camera to look at it like a completely weird way. The cameras in this game were off. So let me let me ask you this. For all the other N64 games out there, where has the camera actually been good? Exactly. That's the problem so, with uh, N64 so, games. Yeah, so that's a big, but, like it's a big negative to all N64 games. We negatively rate all the other games for their camera controls. Why? Yeah, would but how is it pass? so? So how is it less than average though? Would be my my question. Yeah, that's why the controls are a seven instead of a nine here for me. Because the PlayStation did it better at the same time. Uh, I don't know about that. See this, James? Two thumbs. Yeah. It might have taken PlayStation a little bit longer to make a controller that actually used your two thumbs, but they realized. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that, but I still think like, you know, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for its time had much smoother camera controls than any other N64 game for its time. Also, just jumping in, not knowing where to go or do anything, the game's pretty confusing. I don't know where to get a sword. I don't know how to get a shield. I was running around for half an hour before I got the two starting equipment items that I needed with so... no direction on how to get them. Well, it's kind of like the Dark Souls of the Nintendo 64 generation. It really isn't going to feed things out. It wants you, the player, to experience and interact in the world and teach yourself the story through gameplay. And honestly, maybe that's the developer's intended goal with the way that they structured this game. And maybe even the camera angle is all sp supposed to specifically force you to have a necessary challenge level to reward progression and player skill as the game journeys you through this mystical fantasy land as you gain new items and relics and click on things Hello. and interact with wacky NPCs that have absolutely no reason to be standing in one particular place in this non-functioning clusterfuck of a world. Damn. Watch out! Got him. I like that. I almost thought that was scripted until he said clicking on things. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought too, Gray. I was like, "There's no clicking here." No, that was well done. To counter what you're Jacob's your saying, there actually like there is so much guidance to this game. Like I didn't realize it until I played it again. You talk to so many NPCs, and they're starting. They're like, "Oh, go to this training, this training hill over here. That's where you need to go." And it's like, it's like, oh, I didn't even know they actually like said that in the game. Like I just the, knew to explore the over hour? there. Yeah, it, it it literally. It's one of the like the second NPCs I talk to. You literally like. Oh, go up to the training hill and you'll learn some things. Here's what I learned. Uh, they will tell you a big list of very particular controls to do with each button. And then, but when they say it, they'll say it super slowly. They're like, hello, if you would like to learn how to fight, please press the, and if you press B to like skip it, it just skips everything. It doesn't skip the line down. One I was just going to say that on that is, yeah, when you then go to, so I experienced that I did talk to NPCs. That's how I eventually found that I could buy the shield, which is what I needed to do. Cause I roamed around and I found the sword and then I thought, oh, I need to find the shield as well. And I went to the secret fucking maze place where every right turn is the exit, which is super annoying. <laughs> so I thought that's where the shield would be. So I spent a lot of time in that area looking for the shield. That's not where it is. And then, uh, when you talk to other people, at least one of the characters that's like, oh, this is how you learn about the map controls or whatever, tells me that it's going to be incredibly long and boring. So I decided not to listen to that bullshit. So curious of them. How far did everyone get? Um... Uh, I beat the first boss in the Deku tree. Yeah, that's, that's what I did also. So in my first hour, I made it to Princess Zelda and then made my way up to Death Mountain. Did you get the part where she kisses you? Uh, no. Okay. That's later. We were in the Deku tree, but Sabrina 
valued her exploration more than uh, progression a lot of the time while she was playing. So it was a we didn't make it to the boss, but I know we were close. We were in the lower half. Wait, wait, what do you mean we? Because like we were sitting next to each other, like, and then I play, uh, you know, my part. And so like we we played. I didn't just watch Greg, or he didn't just watch me. Uh, like I did my part, and then he did his part. He had to help me a couple times because. Literally, he saw me freak out when, okay, he didn't get, he gave me a split second warning when like, there's a spider and then boom, drops right in front of my face. I legit screamed, couldn't handle myself and he had to fight the spider for me, but then I got like the controller back and at least for that part. But yes, I'll, we'll say a collective we just because we're, you know, using Matt's mad at us. Sabrina brings up another fair point. This game often had uh, damage that came out of nowhere. It wasn't visible at first, which is another detractor that we've had for a bunch of other Not games. fully it true. Uh, mm, yeah, it wasn't that oh, bad in this it game. It happened a few times with those spiders. The sp- you can see the spiders you if hear- you're looking around. Also, you hear, you hear them. them. Dude, the music yeah. in this game, like and you can hear everything. Yeah, this is the gameplay, not the music. Listen! So, I think this game had some some super big, like, pluses in its book. We've been kind of little negative Nancys a little bit here, and that's okay, because there are definitely some issues with it, and I'll go over some of mine, too. But the amount of different items and, like, interesting things that you get, and even the first hour of the game is kind of cool, right? You can fill up all your different C buttons with different things. All of those are interacted with in a very fun way inside the Deku tree and all of those things are then links to other puzzles later in the game, right? It's teaching you how to do these things. And I really do think this game does a good job of coming up with, with interesting, but not super difficult puzzle rooms and scenarios and things. And it drops you in real easy at the beginning of the Deku tree, right? Cause a lot of us were able to get all the way through that in one hour. And like, that's kind of the hook for a lot of these, these puzzler, you know, platformy games, and so I think it I think it does a pretty good job of teaching those mechanics. And now, a couple problems I have. I hate the lock-on range. It should be much longer. I agree that the camera separation from the lock should be a thing. And you should be able to tap-click targets. So I should be able to flip around to different targets by tapping the camera key. But that's it. Yeah, I agree with Jacob on the camera and lock-on thing. But like one thing I always like to think about is how... Like, Legend of Zelda, and, like, this isn't even, like, exclusive to Ocarina of Time, but there's a lot of things that a Legend of Zelda series does where other games are like, holy shit, that's really good, we need to copy this. Like, one of the more recent ones I think of is Breath of the Wild and, like, open world Uh. exploration and, like, cooking and that sort of thing. It's like, oh, Genshin Impact goes and copies that. And then, like, a lot of other games, like, go in and copy that open world type of style. I would not say Breath of the Wild was the original open world game. Yeah, maybe but the I style. mean, like, the whole, like, climbing, the climbing yeah, maybe and, the like, style. exploration kind of thing, like, the style of that. Like Assassin's uh, Creed? I, I remember jumping up mountains in Skyrim back in 2011, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but did you climb climbing. things, though? Did you climb it's things, form. It's, it's Skyrim horse climbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, you go at an angle in it. But then if you think of, like, Legend of Zelda's, like, combat system and locking on, it's like, that was, like, the first game of that time to actually do that. And now every single game that has combat does something like that and i literally i made that dark souls meme but i shit you not i'm playing dark souls 3 right now and the lock-on dodge system is identical 
to this fucking game. It's about the same distance, which is product part of my problem. You have to get really close and lock on, and then you dodge around the enemy and deliver melee attacks to it. It's crazy how similar it is. Yeah. And it's uh, they're very drastically, like, big time jumps between them. Yeah, I agree. I just think, like, Zelda just set, like, a really big, like, precedent for, like, other games that, like, of that time that try to copy and emulate that. And, like, it's not even, like, just the combat's engaging. It's, like, there's other sections where you, like, go into first person and you're shooting the slingshot or the bow or doing some platforming or exploration. It's, like, it's not just combat that this game does well. It's, like, tons of different elements. And that's why, you know, I give it a 10 out of 10, which I don't give a whole lot of games 10 out of 10, but... This is a game that I truly love, and I think it does a lot of things very perfect. I will say, Jacob brought up a good point. I think this it starts you off the first hour with a, like, a good tutorial of how the mechanics work and a bunch of the puzzle-solving stuff. I just wasn't yeah. a huge fan yeah, of the, the mechanic. the first hour definitely had a lot of good positives to it compared to other games. Um, I, one more negative that maybe other people didn't experience, but I felt like there was also some weird invincibility frames with enemies like during attack animations yes there absolutely Um, are okay which i'm not like a huge fan of i feel like if i can get damaged at any time enemies should be able to get damaged at any time when it makes sense obviously with the spiders they have a uh hard shell back and you can't damage them but like those vine guys i don't know what they are the piranha plant looking motherfuckers uh they'd like attack you and they'd be extended and i couldn't damage them which i wasn't a fan i guess i didn't experience that so i don't really know what you're talking about there felt like link is slow i mean he's he's kind of a slow mover okay so it's a video game make him a little faster don't you get to an even bigger open area in the hyrule field yes where he feels even slower time to get to the castle it takes like no time to get there it also did build in the roll mechanic that let you speed up, so I'm not going to... Like, walking speed, yeah, he was slow, but they did have the roll that was faster. Yeah, or you could side hop the whole way. Okay, so I think my only legitimate complaint about the speed of the game, and I think James and Jaren will agree with me on, is having the put-away button linked not just to a, a use case button, but that you needed to stop link in order to be able to put something away. And it showed, especially with the, like, the beginning when you'd have to set, like, a Deku stick on fire. I think that that kind of speed, I felt slowed it down a little bit. I can see where if people were talking about it like that. Open world, no, but, like, needing to stop your character to put something away and then maybe remap if you didn't know the perfect way to do, like, a, a dungeon, remap something. It kind of slowed you down, but I wouldn't agree that the game felt slow by any means but it did feel like there were some times where you would legitimately need to stop put something away re-roll your c buttons and that felt like it wasn't uh like how and there's no comparison but like how breath of the wild would slow down the game keep you in it you'd choose a new thing you'd keep going i can't say that there was any way that the n64 game could have done that but there is that value of like not needing to stop pick something new and then start up again especially if you're being chased by something so i have some frustrations with platforming games but zelda actually does an interesting thing where they don't have a jump button the jump button doesn't exist instead your character jumps the appropriate distance if you're supposed to jump and make it to something at that point in time interesting is the right word I think that's a great level design because it restricts the character from cheesing jumps 
to get to areas that they're not supposed to get. And it means you can do some interesting, like, obstacle hopping very seamlessly if you're, you know, getting comfortable with the controls. I actually like that because what I hate is inappropriately timing a jump by one half second and falling down to the ground because I didn't hit A right before a ledge perfectly. I prefer the Zelda jump, and I think that it actually makes it more seamless. And it's kind of fun. It feels good. When we're talking about the feeling of movement of a character, the jump to me feels good in this game. It feels weighted and appropriate, and it feels like it gets you a good distance. So one thing that I wanted to talk about that this game does really well is like in the sense of exploration, there are things that you like notice when you're going through the game where you're like, huh, I can't really like do anything here yet, but I know that soon I'll be able to go back and like find something or like do something in this place. And one, a couple in the first hour that I noticed is there's a bomb wall in the Great Deku Tree where like you burn the cobwebs and there's like a, a wall that looks like it's breakable, but you can't break it because you don't have any bombs yet. And then if you're going up to the castle to see Zelda, there's like a rock in front of like a sign that says dead end where later in the game you like blow it up and there's actually a great fairy fountain back there. Are you telling me you have to backtrack? So because I heard how you guys back... felt about backtracking so it... during Muramasa. Mm. So it's a little bit of backtracking, but you get rewarded for it. You so do... there's like a slight reward oh. and it's not even essential to the story. Like you backtrack based on like wanting to backtrack like the the story's not forcing you to do it like Muramasa is. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. If you weren't so slow, it'd be... Yeah, I mean, that's fair. So that's a, little, fair. A, little, no, uh, fair. a little fun fact here. You actually go fastest walking backwards if you face the camera the other the other direction and just walk backwards. That sounds fun. Yeah, that's what speedrunners do. Another thing that we've critiqued with games in the past is there not being enough stuff to do. This game is chocked full of interesting, weird stuff all over the place. And, like, they layer it in so that it's like, huh, there's a boulder there with a sign in the middle of nowhere. And then, you, like, you know, a couple hours later, you get an explosive, and then you can be like, huh. Got to backtrack. A rock that was like that in this dungeon. Let me go back there and see what it is. Oh, it's a new area, or oh, it's a heart piece. Like, love that there, stuff. It's 20 it rupees, or it's 20 work. rupees, which are useless. No, they're not stuff. essentially Eventu useless. They eventually are useless. But to add on what Jacob's saying, there's like, it's not even like just exploration in the world. It's like NPCs you talk to or they say something that like leads you down a side quest that you like can't start right then, but you can start it later on in the game. Like those sorts of things are really cool. Oh, I, okay, I've got a quick question. Uh, pretty early in the game, within the first hour, I'd say, there's like this, this uh, when you get the, the Kokiri sword, there's this boulder that's just rolling constantly on a flat surface. Is that like a bug or something? Did they not invest in a physics engine for this game? Because that boulder should stop, right? It's one of those Escher stairs where it's always downhill. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like Newton's, uh, what is it, second or first law, where like uh, an object law. in motion stays in motion unless another object acts on it or something. We're, we're, we're about to fight if we get into this topic. <laughs> 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 I want to hear what Jaren has to say. Hey, everyone, just a quick note from the editor here. It's me, Jacob, quick pause it, whatever. Um, it wouldn't be the first hour podcast without some audio issues, and this episode is no exception. Jaren's audio just didn't record during, like, I, the middlest 
part, a huge chunk of this episode. Just the audio didn't record, and nobody is more heartbroken about that than me. Jaren is one of the funniest people that I know, and I'm really sad that we missed his audio for this episode, except I, I think like there's a back chunk that it's in. I'm editing it right now, so I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Uh, but I'm, I'm sorry that it happened and yeah, the, I have one last complaint that seems like it could have been an easy fix and isn't, I don't think there's an excuse for it is having inverted aim when you're aiming. Oh yeah. That threw me off a little there's bit. An, and you can't change it. Link is a it's fighter annoying. jet. That's why it's inverted. <laughs> no, they could have. I guess I didn't notice options. that. Huh? Really? really? I didn't. I guess I'm so like used to it that I didn't notice well, it. Goldeneye had inverted aim unless you flipped it, right? That was a menu option. It was a menu option, I believe. But it started inverted, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. There were some N64 games that had inverted as the start. Yeah, that's I why I give so it a lower score with, also. Yeah. That's that's because flight sticks were invented before video games. That's why that's real. They put a fucking flight stick on the controller and that's why they do that. Well, Goldeneye. It's called, it's, so. Okay, wait. It's called a joystick because it brings you joy, Jacob. Yeah. Okay. Not yes, a flight. When I'm, when when I'm flight. joying my way through the skies in my World War II biplane shooting down people, that's why it's called a joystick. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Crap. Save it for hey, the fun category. Also, by the way, Goldeneye came out a year earlier than this, just uh, for the inverted thing. They could, they could have done it. I had one more thing to say. And I've always appreciated a game that does it now. And I feel like this game, especially for a newbie that didn't know the game, didn't have that friend coming over after school and showing them like where to plant a seed or how to get into like the Frost Temple or something like that. Obviously, I'm talking out my ass with some of it. A lot of these RPGs need a journal system that tells you something about what you were doing. If I like if I take a week off. I'm not remembering shit. You know it's funny you you funny you say that, Greg. You know what Majora's Mask does? It has a little journal. It system has a little. It, it adds a little it, journal. Yeah. yeah, it adds a little journal system. I don't know if it's like to the to the level you're speaking of, but it, it does doesn't add need it. to be to the T. But it should just say something like something fishy was happening out in the water. Like like I talked to this person. They told me. If I went to the observatory on the last day, you know, something like just using Majora's Mask things, I as an adult now, without the rose-colored glasses of having a friend that I could call on a landline, have his mother pick up and then me talk to him and ask him what I'm doing wrong in the fire temple, I need something to at least be like, when I get out of the fire temple, where the fuck was I supposed to go? Who was I talking to? Because I know now as an adult, oh, a Goron is probably who I was talking to. They're littered all over the place. Mm-hmm. Or where did Z- where did Zelda's letter come from and where was I taking it when I'm supposed to be going up Death Mountain? If I had to stop, I lost that cartridge or I returned it from a rental. It was one of those, I still love them, but I want that system all the time. Hey, Greg, did you know that at any time you can call the Nintendo support hotline <laughs> for a few video game tips? Did you look at the phone number on the back of your video game cartridge Hello? or box or in the manual? Uh, but also, I agree with you 100%, and it's hysterical because I've literally called one of my friends on a landline yep. and talked to them about some N64 game thing that I was like, I remember you telling me how to beat this. I need to know. It's very important this Saturday afternoon for me to know this. 
Well, I think one thing that the game does, you know, even though that doesn't have a journal, is I feel like Navi is, like, pervasive enough to, like, say, if you're walking around and, like, not going the right way, Navi's gonna say something like, oh, remember that letter you Listen. got from Zola? You should try to make your way to Death Mountain. Right. And, and like, she, she at least says something. It is not like I'm... I'm trying to very much, like, it's older, you know, there are pointers, but having a conversation with an NPC where they tell you to go somewhere and it's out of your way, I just, I, as an adult now, I need a reminder in case I drop this game for a week and I just, like, work takes over my life, but... Okay, yeah. okay I feel you. talked ya. about gameplay. Let me a... add one more thing, one more thing. Okay. <laughs> so... This thing, the NPCs change their dialogue after you do a major event, which is something that I really enjoy, and we'll probably talk about it in story later on. But uh, they, like in Quest 64, you talk with somebody, they have the same dialogue no matter like no matter what. It's absolutely useless. You know what else like, did that? You know what else game did that? A little game called Bumble? Shining Force. Nope. I didn't. My I didn't boy. get to play that. I didn't My get man. to play that. They yeah, copied but. Shining Force. Okay. But yeah, they like get to tell you like different plot points and like where you need to go, like changing the NPC dialogue. That's little details. I like, details I like I talking to the guy in the market, and he and his wife were dancing, and then afterwards, when I came out as adult Link, he went. Nice, Craig. That's a little bit of a spoiler of what what happens after after that. Yeah, and then I had to go change my shorts when I was a little kid. I was like, what the heck? That was spooky. But we'll save it for story. So while I'm certain we could spend two plus hours just talking about the gameplay of this game here, I do believe it is about time for us to move on into the next category of good old Zelda here, which would Zelda. be the story. What are our scores? Let's do the same thing again. Jack of Spades gives it a 10. Best story of the time. Greg, Pfizer, Joel, give it nines. Uh, Sabrina and Lucifer, that's me, we give it eights. And then Bedrude gives it a six and QPI a five. What kind that's of everyone, fucking right? nostalgia glasses do you guys have on? This is super fucking basic and average for a game of this time. It's the chosen hero. There's a force of evil. That's all you hear about in the first hour. And every other game has gotten an average rating for it. Why is Zelda any different? That's so let, let me explain to you, Jacob. In the first hour, James, in yep. the first no, hour. No, in the first hour. I'm, okay. I'm strictly scoring this on the first hour. Okay. So let's, let's relate this back to other N64 games we played. Glover. <laughs> what did it have for, what did it have for story? A short cinematic where absolutely nothing is explained. There's no text with it. That's it. You know what Zelda does? It gives you a little bit of text background, a little bit of like a flash forward but, of a dream he's having. Yeah, but you and then also some games, you can go to games older than Nintendo 64 and you're getting the exact same shit. Zelda isn't special in the first hour. Cutscenes though? Cutscenes as well as as there text dialogue. Uh, yeah, Final Super Fantasy Nintendo games. games. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like relating this to other N64 games of the time. Yeah, I would say Final Fantasy games might be higher on the story scale. Anyways, not higher than this game. Just if we're comparing it to an old Final Fantasy game, they're probably also higher scores. In the I first don't... hour, this is 100% just an average story. I completely disagree. I think you are forgetting that story encompasses more than just the explanation of the game you are given. It also encompasses the characters that you yep. meet along the way, 
as well as the dialogue those characters give. And the world, the weird cultural world you, that they build around you it You meet, like, well. four characters in the first hour. You've oh. got the girl, you've got Milo, you've got the Deku tree, you've got Navi. Is it Milo? And then you hear about other characters, but you don't really meet them. Okay, well, I got far enough to where I met Zelda, so, you know, I... I guess I did get a little bit further than you, so I'll, I'll give you that at the very Listen. least. But these characters, specifically for me, the Deku Tree is probably the most interesting and cool character in this entire game. Granted, he's not long for this world. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not that interesting, part. and he's not that cool, but you are right. He probably yeah. is the what most you cool mean? and interesting character. <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. I was just going you, off of what you said. Yeah, you literally walk into him, and he is a dungeon. Dude, How yeah, does he, he have a trussy? He opens his trussy right off for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love that. I love that term. How no. does he have a spinning metal scalpel in his belly? What's that about? He harbors also my favorite boss of the entire game. So I guess there is a little nostalgia in that for me, but. Still, I feel this story completely deserves a well above average score. Uh, I also, did... Sabrina, mm -hmm. I don't think you realized what boss we were going to. No, because you didn't. You didn't play this beginning before ever, right? Correct. Oh, do you know what the boss is? It is a spider hidden in the dark with a single eye showing. Are you kidding me? And it would have been. Don't I worry. Knew, it's I knew I was going to have kill. to take over. No, yeah. she is like the the fear incarnate of spiders. Yep. And the second she saw it, I wanted so bad for her to get I, to that spot. Not to be a negative Nelly here, but would it be a spider without eight eyes or eight legs? Well, it, it's... That's true. What we would consider like close to a spider, like what we can equivalate it to. Oh, uh, like I'll look, the, I'll look like up the, the wait, picture wait, and show wait, it to I have her. a joke. Okay. Oh, kind of like, I like a the joke. monster from it. Oh, God. No, Greg, you're absolutely right. I would have had a terrible time uh, getting to that first boss. And, I mean, if I, if I jump scared at, like, just that one spider that was just a little bit bigger than me, like, oh, oh, no. You would have had to fight for me. So I, I do agree with Joel that the Deco Tree is a really interesting character to encounter in the first hour. And it does add some emotion to the game to help you convince you to keep playing as much as I want to agree with Jacob, because I don't, I'm not a fan of this game. He's objectively, I think he's Joel's right with that. That's why my score is a little higher than uh, quite a bit higher than average. I think it's an eight. Matt, just say I'm right. And we can all move on. And you know, I'm just the best <laughs> and that's all there is to was it. I, was I not saying that? No, I'm just, nope. I just want you to say it again for my ego. Hey. Oh, what's that? Listen. I think it's Jacob wanting to talk. I think that it's really crazy that this story is able to build this functioning little village around you and spend the time to have all the different characters. They all have names. They aren't labeled as so-and-so. They appear to have jobs, other things that they're doing. All of that's within like the first 20 minutes, right? Like the guy humping the, the rock you, at the beginning? You visit around the village, right? There are tons of games where they just have no labeled idiots walking around the village. Okay, there's one idiot. Right? Yes, there's one idiot. Do you see the guy with the rock at the very beginning? Just oh, yeah! going to town on it. What is that yeah, about? He's lifting, he's the, a, he's lifting he's the rocks for Milo. No, he's not. 
I I stood there for eight minutes. And he did not lift it. <laughs> Wait, are those not all the same characters? Because they all look the fucking same. That's because they're part of like one village that has like a yeah. certain the cultural. One, yeah. Like, the... Then why do I look different? They only have one because barber you are. there. Because yeah, you are different. Yeah, and like the fact that we're attacking the generic heroes quest is like indicative of our attack on all video games because like literally this story is repeated all the time, and it's not the fact that the story is boring. It's how you tell it. Mm -hmm. And this game does an amazing job of telling this generic hero story. And it does it through a silent protagonist. And it does it somehow well at the same time, which is crazy. Your character is like this watchful presence in this world. And everybody is like reacting to him. And that's how you, the player, get told the story. It's really kind of unique and fun. And like there's a lot of fantasy tropes, right? But it just puts all of them in it. Like, every single one, and all of these effective little medieval storytelling techniques, like learning how to use your sword in the village, like, they're all done well, and they're all present, because that's how it's supposed to be. So, I mean, even if we're bringing up modern other, like, cultural stuff, I mean, the Wheel of Time is the generic hero's story. But it's just told really well. And it's got some twists in it, just like Legend of Zelda has the whole twist with time travel. Whoa, spoiler. But, between but, two but, areas. but yes. you don't get that in the first hour. Also, and you only you, do... And you don't see many characters interacting with the hero in the first hour. Also, you uh. only use that time travel like twice. It's... Mm. You really don't use it much to complete the game. I don't agree with Matt on that one. <laughs> if you're trying to if you're trying to 100% complete it, you use it more than once. That's... Or twice. Not everyone's. I don't think the majority of people are completionists, actually. Yeah. But uh, going on to what Visor is saying about how, you know, it does the hero's story really well. I think another thing it does well is introduces, like, smaller characters, which, you know, are kind of, like, insignificant in the beginning. But like Jacob was saying, it's not like, oh, random townsperson number one, random townsperson number two. Like, they have their own individual personality and, like, attitude towards Link. And, like, you can even, like, even within the first hour, you can see it change. You can see it change within, like, after he goes to the Deku Tree and when he comes back, like, their attitudes towards Link changes a little bit. And, like, that's even, like, foreshadowing what even happens later in the story. But, like, they just put that amount of detail in all of these smaller, insignificant characters, uh, which, you know, kind of just polishes the game and why it gave, I gave it such a high score. Okay, why can't, why can't adult Link throw a boomerang? Because he can do better with uh, his other weapons. He doesn't need a boomerang. Oh. I was just going to say, I, I just dropped in and kind of looked up uh, what some of the best story games, you know, like what's the best story on a Nintendo 64 games. And you guys might be surprised what some people list in their list. There are things like Rogue Squadron and Shadows of the Empire and StarCraft 64, which are very generic stories and like stuff like that, like Perfect Dark is quoted as having like a, a really good story for the N64 system. There are very few high-depth, high-intensity stories on this video game console, so I really think we should evaluate what that average is and where it lands. Like, take a look at the story that we were given from Star Fox 64, which a lot of people say has a great story. Okay. Like, if that's great, then that's a 6 or a 7, and I would say that this game kind of blows the rest of those out of the water. And again, this is maybe one of the negative things about playing the first hour. That that's the entire story that people are rating. We're not. We're 
going at a very small slice of the entire game. You also gotta remember, we're just giving our opinions. What we say ultimately does not matter to anyone ever. We're just speaking into the void. So it's completely fine what we feel like. A bunch of fans of Ocarina of Time are gonna listen to this and love everything that James says <laughs> yeah. and nothing of what Quick says. Yeah. But somebody that loved like Banjo Kazooie when we play it, I'm I'm probably gonna fucking hate it, and someone that also hated it is gonna agree with me. Okay, you need to you need to not just look at N64 games because that's more the kids' console. You need to pay attention to like the PS1 as well because that was that era. And like Spyro's story. That had some insane story-based games like Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, well, I think, is a more unique story. Yeah, but how much do you get in the first hour though of that? Probably about the same amount as Legend of Mana. I know there's not as many Zelda. there's not as many cutscenes or or story elements in that that sense in the first hour of that game. Something I really appreciate just hearing the conversations between all of you guys. Like I am not an expert on this game whatsoever. I'm just a fan. And I love hearing like both sides of it where, you know, especially people like James or uh visor you know talking talking it up and you know really getting in depth about their their reasoning for it being good and then also hearing you know quick's side of things and why it wasn't as high for him and it's just uh i really like hearing everyone's opinions and how well i i feel like it's just well-rounded just hearing all of that and yes yeah, it's, it's a really good dichotomy there's that there's that word again i'm gonna go i'm gonna poop i just i don't know what else i can Uh do Uh i'm gonna buy one of those fucking calendars that's got a new word every day and use all seven (laughs) each week yeah we should we should really have like a word of the week that we try to like i tried that you guys pooped on that idea i i never Uh, sounds like poop is our word of the week because i've heard that twice now yeah we dichotomied on that idea (laughs) shut up the one time I tried. Are we are we all out of story? Yeah, I, I um, think so. I mean, I guess you're just all. No, no, hold on. I guess I'm just saying the story will appeal to someone who's has like a fantasy of playing as a Keebler elf, <laughs> and just your your main character is a kissless virgin. That's about it. What? <laughs> Matt's bringing the heat this episode. <laughs> nice. But what is this, a space opera, Matt? Hold on, hold like, on I have a good transition. Hold on, I have a really good transition. Hold on, I have a really good transition. But what Matt really needs to bring the heat on is a little quiz for this game. Reheat reheat that quiz. If it has any facts about Epona, I should know it. Or questions about Epona. What's Epona's middle name? She doesn't have one. Wrong. It's horse. <sighs> Yep. Epona, horse, Epona. Tommy. Okay. Tommy. She has two last names. Sure. Do you guys want a really hard quiz to see how I want a quiz of ten or less questions. Hardest Zelda Ocarina of Time quiz. Artist? Uh-oh. Hardest. Oh, yep. Ten Make questions. Let me share this. It's most difficult, Sabrina. Oh, hardest, not it's artist. An artist. It's an artist quiz. Yeah, Only so I was like, uh... can take it. <laughs> okay, oh, here we go. This is a time-based quiz, and it's already counting down. We have four minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, the yeah. first question. Yeah, can, we do quizzes? can we do quizzes like this all the time? Let's go fast. Go, go, Which go. Which song Zelda teaches you? Zelda's Lullaby, Song of Storm, Song of Time. Song lullaby. of Time, easy. Song of time. Which, who gives you an eyeball frog? King Zora, Ruto, or Saria? Ruto. 
Ruto. I have no idea. Yeah? You don't have to call me Ruto. Uh, uh, James, How many? do you know? James, God, do you agree I don't with know. Ruto? Maybe, God, I don't know. Ruto or Saria? Well, That's part of like the little side quest. Thing. You're going to uh, be Saria if we got that wrong. Okay, we'll find out. How many great fairies are there on Death Mountain? One, two, or four? God, I know there's one up at the very top. James, oh you my have God! Are... Fifty seconds. God, maybe two. What? Maybe two. Let's go two. One or two. Let's go two. Two. Who is the seventh sage? Darknut, Link, Saya, or Zelda? Seventh. Saya? I think it's Saya. I don't. Si- who is Saya? I don't, I don't know, know, but it's really good alliteration with seventh Saya sage. You'll be, That's true. you'll be Saya if you get that one wrong. Yeah, just pick it. It'll be on me if we get God, it wrong. I don't know. Isn't it, isn't it Zelda? Oh, I don't know. Hey! I thought Zelda was maybe a Saya. I thought Zelda oh, was Na- just Navi a princess. Navi has something to say. I don't think Saya... Who is Saya? Yeah. I don't know if that's even a character. Ah, well, pick Zelda then. It's not Link. I have no idea who Darknet is. You guys are burning time on this question. I don't... Okay, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Go, go, go. Just go. Which one of the following item can be used as child and adult, both states i'll tell you what it's not the boomerang hookshot uh, fairy bow bomb chew or boomerang i think it's a bomb chew yeah let's do that i'd agree with that can you clear spirit temple before shadow temple i guarantee a speedrunner can yeah. well then yes i'm pretty sure you can like oh they do glitches like, right glitches oh well oh wait yeah. i don't know about spirit temple is another option so <laughs> yes no there, there is no spirit temple <laughs> just I mean, go personally, yes personally Personally, that's my answer. I don't know about yeah, spirit. No, it's, you it's, would get yes. it wrong if you selected it's, it. Who is giant aquatic amoeba? Morpha, Dodongo, or Baronade? No, wait, not Morpha. Baronade? Wait, it's got to be Baronade then, because Dodongo is the fucking... He's not aquatic. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Do, you think, no, do you think they no, misspelled Baronade? Isn't it Morpha? I thought it was uh, Morpha. That's like that fish sure. girl. I, mean, oh, God, yeah. I think it's Morpha. Dodongo is not it. Baronade's a jellyfish. Morpha or Baronade? Morpha. 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 Which song is used to open Gate of Chief's room, Darunia's room, in Goron City? Sorry, Sorry, Sorry song. Zelda's lullaby. Sorry, song because he dances and gets out of. It could be Song of Time as well. He gets out of depression (laughs) because you play Sorry's song. Correct. Matt Matt just really wanted to read all three. I did. (laughs) I did want to. What will happen to Sacred Realm if one with pure heart obtains Triforce and balance it? It'll be destroyed. It'll become paradise. It'll open Door of Time. It'll be filled with sorrows. It'll be filled with happiness. Happiness. I think it's the happiness. 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 Finally, we got a minute left. Uh Uh-oh. Why did Link grow up? As Kokiri never grows up, never grows. He used Triforce of Courage to grow. He was actually a Hillian. He was a special. Yeah, it's <laughs> he a was a Hillian. One. He is a Hillian. Hylian, because it's high. Okay. Hylian. He's a high lion. Okay, put your comments in there. We have 45 seconds left to put your comments in. No. Okay, fine. Well, let's get our results first. Oh, we did quite well. Seven out of 10. Yeah. Okay. We got b- better than average. 6.7. Hell yeah. Does it show us what we got wrong? Eyeball Frog. God, King Zora, King really? Zora. from King Zora. Yeah, I don't remember I thought it, that. I thought it was maybe one of the fish guys, but... So okay, we, so we got that one right. Oh, Wait, Zelda's, I, what? Zelda's I knew lullaby. it! It was Zelda's I, lullaby, you dum-dums! I was curious, because isn't the little, isn't the little Goron Yeah, the Goron isn't sleeping, the and oh. he's not having a good time, so you play Zelda's lullaby to put him to sleep. Uh-oh. James, how did you not know? Wait a second. Oh, oh, yeah, this is, okay, this is it's before diff- uh, Dardunia's room. I read yes. the question wrong. Yeah. It was before Dardunia's room, yeah. 
What will happen to the sacred realm? Unfortunately, it becomes paradise, not filled with happiness. Okay. Ah, whatever. That's close enough. That's a try-hard question. Yeah, we didn't do too bad. The results of this quiz will be on our website for you guys to check out. Check out Repository. Dot com. Do we really do we really have that? Yeah, we have a box of for a while. And boot scoot boogie still? Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Matt, for that quiz. Seven out of ten is not bad. Especially but since I believe we were now we're moving on to a hot little topic here. The graphics portion of this game. Thank oh, by the way, thanks Squarespace for hosting us. Uh doing no, real we, no, no we're not getting nope. paid do not thank we them. pay them hello <laughs> hello them. squarespace we pay you to do a service and you do it message us if you want us to fucking promote you but right now all you do is the bare minimum in fact if in fact if anybody out there is listening to this podcast don't use squarespace until they pay us. until they pay us more. yeah <laughs> use, use blue blue note blue blue world I get one on YouTube advertised all the time. Google Domains has a a built-in website builder that you can use. Use that. Don't use Squarespace until they pay us money for to use them. So there you go. So Matt, what are the graphics scores looking like for this hot little ticket here? All right, graphics. Here we go. QPI gives it a six. We're starting at the bottom, so everyone can say something now. No, okay. Lucifer and Visor give it sevens. Greg gives it an eight. Sabrina and Joel give it nines, and James and Bedrood give it a ten. Perfect graphics. I'll go first. <clears throat> yeah, I, honestly, for its time, I thought it looked really, really amazing, just like Paper Mario. Uh, the characters' models all look super, super great compared to other games, like Zelda himself. Like his face and everything looks really, really good. You mean Link? Link, gotcha. Zelda That's a himself. Meme. That's a little meme. I cracked <laughs> like up that. that you walked right into. I know, but I had to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, wasn't a link. <laughs> but, but yeah, the characters' models look oh good. God. I thought the enemies look really unique, and especially, like, Queen Goma looks really crazy and awesome as well. The environments. <laughs> I li- But, yeah, I like the environments as well. The water, burning the webs, hitting your sword against like the wall and stuff makes a sound and has like little sparks and stuff fly off and things like that um yeah honestly i just think that obviously the game looks really really well good so i gave it a 10 i don't know what else to say you know what jaron brought up a bunch of things that i wasn't thinking about when i put up my score there was a lot of unique graphical stuff about this game that i wasn't i i didn't even think about uh bump me up to an eight uh, the, the reason that I, like, the main detractor why I gave it a 6 is because there was a lot of the 2D background images that looked so flat, I couldn't tell that I was, like, meant to walk up certain areas, which was very confusing to me. But Jaren's right. They're, the character designs are really, really good. Level design is great. It, it deserves at least an 8. And I'm going to have to piggyback on that because, like, it. the other thing I thought was really cool is even, like, the enemy designs. Uh, it's one of those things where they they look creepy. They do the job of, you know, like, kind of, okay, maybe me. <laughs> it's, like, striking a little fear into you and you got to fight them, that sort of thing. Um, it, it was cool that, like, even with the spiders, they had, they were, their bodies were skulls, you know. And that, I thought that was, like, an interesting take on them with, with their eight legs and stuff. And, um and just the fact that you have like little uh like the little glowy fairies and like even um it was in the beginning cutscene that I liked where uh you're uh 
Navi is waking Link up, and as she's flying around him, you can see her glowy light like reflect off him. And then as she goes away, like that light goes away, and hey. she, he, she comes back down, and the light comes back. And I'm just like, that's really cool detail that that they added that they didn't even have to do. Hello. That whole Navi flying yes. to greet Link at the beginning sequence was unheard of in a Nintendo 64 game. That felt so mm-hmm. cool. That looked really good. It was. It was such a good way to intro that character, and it felt so seamless. I, wonderful job there. I just want to interrupt real quick because you brought up the cool Navi stuff. That it kind of blew my mind a little bit watching that again. I was like, "This is really yeah, good. yeah." Okay, and then before James goes, I just want to say in regards to that, in that scene, I really like how she's trying to find Link's house, and like when she gets a little confused, and then she, uh, like the camera points to his house, and it does a little nod, like ah. There it is. And you could totally tell that's what she did. And I just, that was really cool. And again, wasn't needed, but it was there. And that was a lovely touch. James. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The game adds a lot of like little personality, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I did want to touch on something that Sabrina and Jaren both talked about is just like the lighting of like different things. Like the water in this game looks way better than any like other N64 game. Like the light like reflects on, like reflects on it a little bit. And then even, like, the torches in the Deku tree, like, when you're going to light something, like, it changes the lighting in the area. And then also, like, Navi bouncing around to different things, like, she actually gives off a little bit of light around wherever she flies over to. And I think those, like, little graphical things, like, really, like, make it just so much better than a lot of the N64 games at the time. So I I thought they were good graphics. The things were kind of chunky though like the level layouts and it was felt slightly empty like it wasn't too bad but it's a little devoid of like neat details and architecture that's just it's not a big deal but it just wasn't the greatest thing ever to me well i suppose like and maybe this is because your score for your first hour obviously like if you get a little further especially when you get out into the rest of the world that it you know, you definitely see a lot more stuff. Like, if you were able to get to Lon Lon Ranch, um, you know, those buildings, those people, like, uh, the chickens and all that stuff, I, you know, I think you'd definitely be able to see more. And again, I can't really count that for the first hour score, but at least, you know, what I did see was still still a high score for me. But I think, Lucifer, if you were able to get that far, you'd see more details in the different areas. Yeah, isn't Hyrule Field kind of empty too yes that's what i was i was just about to say that too is like hyrule field is meant to feel big but you could compact that to be about half the size and it would still feel open for me one of the things i like looking for in games like this are the introductions of the bosses and this game has some of the greatest introductions to boss fights that at the time you could probably ever see. Think of like when Mario first meets Bowser in uh, Mario 64. Doesn't even hold a candle compared to you meeting Goma in the Deku Tree. It is just so good. It is so insane. It brings such a presence and a fear to that fight. Especially if you're a little kid playing this for the first time. Oh, Oh, I just, I love it. It's so great. Or you're just me and arachnophobic, then yeah, it'd be strike fear as an adult too. It's 2021, Sabrina. Arachnids deserve to their rights too. Okay. 
you even get that cool cutscene with the gods where it kind of explains, you know, the three different elements of the Triforce. They don't even spit dialogue at you for that. They show you this interesting artistic representation of those different forces as they kind of fall to Earth and separate. And there's a lot of moments like that in this game. And even the amount of detail that they were able to put into it is still staggeringly awesome when you consider the scope of the game and how many different locations there are. I know we can't do that, but we can know how small of a bit of this game we've touched and how much thought was put into simply just the first hour making this little unique village and Hyrule with back alleys and cool shops as well as, you know, a, a big royalty castle structure all well guarded. All three of those areas are very well thought out, maybe a little chunky, and I agree with Lucifer. There's some stuff that could be definitely cleaned up and Hyrule Fields could use little snapshot events and things in it that would fill it, but yeah, overall very good. And I agree too, like if you weren't a backtracker like James, there's no reason to come back to the original area ever. But it's so fleshed out that there's like some stuff that you would Hello. might never see again in the game unless you really wanted 100% it and you didn't really feel like you needed to. And then Joel with yours, holy crap, the fact that your first boss you have to make eye contact with. I know I brought it up earlier, but the fact that you can see a little yellow dot scurrying around and you're like, where the hell am I? And then it forces you to use something that almost probably has never been used before until these like 3D games. It forces you to look up and lock eyes with this thing. And that's when the boss fart fight starts. Like, holy crap. That, like, the atmosphere of it. It's just... But the graphics, too, on top of it, that little skitter works well with a low-poly design. Like, I don't think unless you had, like, Kojima or some shit alongside of you, could you make something look freaky by just kind of scurrying up and dropping in front of you. Ugh. No thanks. Yeah. I thought the, like going into first person and looking at it was kind of funny. Like I actually wanted to test to see like if it would fall down if I just stood there for a while and like wandered in the room, but it actually waits for you to look up at it. Aww. And I did a couple like, did a couple like fake outs where I'd look up a little bit and then look away. And it actually like Goma turns its eye towards you when you're looking up. But if you don't do it long enough, it won't initiate the, the cut scene yet. That's pretty neat. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool. So like they knew in the first hour of this game, like you have to use this mechanic. Hello. You have to be ready. Like it's dark unless you came in. You couldn't even come in with a lit deku stick, could you? Because you'd have to open a door. So it knew it was going to be dark and it fucking waited for you in the darkness just like that. I must have accidentally looked up at it because it just, I don't know. I didn't realize that I was looking at it and that's why the fight started. So I didn't get that experience, or I accidentally got it. Even just the design of the boss, too, where it takes something that, you know, we are all familiar with, which is a spider, and kind of puts its own kind of unique spin on it is really neat. Like, there are elements of, like, different cultural, like, artwork sets and stuff that kind of weave their way into the boss design of, like, some of these creatures, and I, I love it when they do that. Because everybody knows what a spider is. If they just put a generic spider in there, it's, like, boring. But instead, you know, it's got almost like these like totem-esque elements to it. Like a mask. And like they do that with a, yeah, they do that with a lot of these different bosses where they take like some corrupted element of nature and like put you against it. And it's, it's very cool. It makes it feel that much more scary. And then, yeah, like now that you're saying it too, the enemies in the Deku tree mirrored like the 
kinds of things that you would expect to find in a tree, but they're all fucked up and doing something weird. Yeah. There were some deep dives that I, I looked at on when they analyzed that stuff, and it's like literally the Deku trees being kind of corrupted from within by these forces. And like the Deku tree itself may have been like this like coming of age sort of trial, but it's become even more ridiculous because it's slowly dying, and you're like the last one to go through it. And that's why he can open himself up and let people in. Like it's spo he's supposed oh, to be this with, with thing, his trussy, you know. But the evil Sandman. It, that was one of the other things I I mocked with Sabrina was the fact that I was like, okay, I get it. There's some spider webs around here. Who the fuck put ladders inside this goddamn like village tree? Hey! I believe what, it is Nobby? now time Look. for unarguably the strongest portion Hello. of this game. It's the sound. Look. Oh. Hello. I, would, I can start us off right away with just this simple question. In Look. the first hour of this game, how many Listen. unique soundtrack Look. moments Watch did out. we come across? Because I believe it's over time. Well, before we get oh, to geez. that, hey. let's oh my God, get our right. scores. Hello? Look. Navi, this is a podcast. You can't look at anything. You gotta listen. listen. <laughs> okay. God. <laughs> Jeez, that thing's... Anyone else agree that thing's annoying? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was <laughs> interesting. Nice. You're the one controlling it. I don't think we need a soundboard anymore, guys. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Okay, here's the scores. I'll give it to you guys straight. QPI hated it the most. Anyone want to guess how much he hated it? Five. Pro five? Probably like a five or Come something. Come on, you guys. Calm down. He gave it an eight. Oh. Jeez. Oh? Uh, thought it was going to be a Super Mario moment. Lucifer and Greg give it nines, and then everyone else gives it tens. Yep. That sounds yeah. exactly wait, wait, wait. right. I fair warned you from last podcast that that's exactly how I would fucking rate this game, and I held to my word. This is probably my most listened to gaming like soundtrack of like all time. Is this game? God, was that annoying now noise? Now we've been hearing Navi all game. What is this? Well, I don't know what that is. Maybe we need to listen. Wow. Health? That's when you have low health. That's my biggest. Oh, that's, what I, that's what I thought. Low health <laughs> I never, is I never so health. annoying. It is so annoying. They could have, like, a lot of games will like bleep a few times and then stop. They're like, "Hey, we got your attention. Your health is low. Now we'll stop making that noise." This game just keeps doing it. I think most annoying low health sound actually has to go to Pokemon. Oh yeah. Yep. That's another. Yep. That Pokemon cannot have a ten because of that. <laughs> yeah. No, this game very much deserves its tens. It is absolutely phenomenal. Almost every song in this game, somebody who hasn't even have played this game has heard probably at least one, if not more, songs from specifically this game. And it you don't even need to say anything. It's the goddamn Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time soundtrack. Come on. I mean, what else is there to say? So, if anyone got annoyed by Navi this whole time, you can't give this game a 10. But, well, she didn't annoy me hey, that bad. Me. Matt, just start spamming it. Okay, but in the actual game, she wasn't talking that much. Oh, Sabrina, I disagree. 
There are Not some points much. of the game where she actually does spam it like that, and it does get kind of annoying, but that's yeah. like, in the first hour, it didn't really happen, but yeah. I do remember some points where it's like super annoying. You like walk into a room and it like triggers it, and then it also is like triggered by like an enemy too. Because this isn't just music, it's sound design, it's sound and music. So that just, to me, those things bumped it down just a, enough to get it to a nine. I just think that my question for everybody and, you know, is just how Listen. many different soundtrack pieces do you think you heard in the first Watch hour? That were okay, l- let me try it really quick, because I, I, I'm new enough but old enough that I could, like, figure it out. Because we got okay, let's Link's hum them House, together. I think, was yep. actually do, different. Do, 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 yep. do, we got do, the do, do. main area. Okay, hum that one. You're now. missing. You're missing the title screen, Greg. Well, yeah, obviously do, do, the title do. screen. So I, I was just going in yep. game, like you know, it's you have the shop. The theme. shop. Yep. Wasn't there? Like, wasn't was the um that little spot with all the treasure chests? Was that different or was that the same? Some of the houses had different music. Uh, I'm pretty the sure. fight battle music yep. and going to yep. Deku and inside Deku Tree. And I don't remember yep. and then you had, if the de- you had the dream yep. sequence right away at the beginning with Link. Every cutscene has different tracks. It's literally over ten unique pieces of music in the first hour, and that has been a big gripe of ours in the past. Is oh, this level has the same music. Oh, this boss fight has the same music. This game is so well orchestrated that they have such like a huge category of different tracks that they can make it feel unique and it adds to the story it adds to the gameplay because it makes it more intense it's just unbelievable how much music there is in this game yeah so they blow their whole audio load on you in the first hour of the game oh hell yeah i I want that every single fucking time i will i will sign up for that and be the the receiver every time if it's how Mm -hmm. that's gonna go Wait, James, are you telling me there's more tracks than just that? Oh yeah, there's absolutely more tracks to this game. How much? There's like so how, much. How much storage was on these little cartridges where you could fit all those tracks? Let question. me look it up. Yeah, I, no, Greg, well, just plug like, your thing. Okay, in. but okay, wait. What was the development team size though? That's a good point. I might have to lower it another point. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it, Greg's fun fact. Everybody want a fun fact? Because I'm always the one to usually po- point this out. Sure. Uh, plugging it into my computer through the USB to N64 cartridge that Matt so lovelyly, lovelyly provided for me. <laughs> it is a 32 megabyte game. Why don't you just oh. Google? You could have just Googled it. Yeah, but that's not like exact. I, okay, here, let's see if I can find it real quick. File size of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it says thirty-two. It says thirty-two megabytes. Just write, just a quick Google search. <laughs> Matt bought me all of these cords so that I could have my own segment. You guys, I don't know why you're <laughs> yelling at me. Okay, but I want to add. I know we none of us got to this, but from like, if you're familiar with the game from the past, I'm going on. It's not off topic. This is about sound. I would have to oh, say okay. my favorite track on this game is the. Girudu, Girudu Valley, Girudu, Girudu Valley, Girudu Valley soundtrack. It is no, Sabrina. Sabrina, I, what? I need to get Gerbil? Gerudo, 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 Gerudo. Okay, yeah, there well, go. there you Think go. Think Jason, Jason Derulo, but Jason Gerudo, Gerudo. Okay, yeah, we call it. We call it though. the G Val. Where I'm Can at. You gotta, you gotta do the run. 
Okay. Oh god. Can, can we play a clip of that just real quick? No, not that yet. Oh yeah, there it is. No, not that is not it. Wait, Jacob, what's that song that you were singing That'll get us a claim. Okay, anyways. Can we just play the Buck Bumble song? I know you want to get over <laughs> and play it. That's oh, not it. Though. No. Okay, I looked up a little fun fact for you guys. Are you ready? Because it's on topic. No. Okay, I looked up the I looked up the track list. There are 35 unique tracks in this song, and we were pretty darn close. If I'm counting the track list, we have title theme, Deku theme, Flying Fairy, House, Cory Forest, Shop, Battle, Inside the Deku Three, Inside the Jack Deku Tree, Boss Battle, Hyrule Field, Market Castle. And that's where we get to in the first hour for most of us. That's 12 unique songs, hmm. and not all of them are did probably you, fully finished. Did you tell us we were so. a third of the way through the game? In songs. Are in you songs. So, you're saying we're a third of the way through? Yeah, but isn't like half of sound also sound effects? And this game is chock full of unique enemy mm. noises, sound effects, and other I'd things say, like I'd that. Say, so you guys I'd, that... Say like a, I'd say like an eighth of the sound is sound effect. <laughs> Was that a submarine sonar? I, I guess like, so, sound effects are important, but unless they're like amazing or overly grating, they aren't as important as the music or like voice acting, in my opinion. So like the the fact that you can like play a song like in a, another country and like people will recognize what it's from, that doesn't merit a higher score from. Bohemian Rhapsody. But that's the music, not the sound effects. Did somebody say music? Yeah. Yes. I'm d I'm debating some of these lower sound scores. that song i wanted to add one more thing that i really love that games do when a fight or a like area is cleared it changes back to the correct normal soundtrack inside that room and i really really love when they do that so that i can know for certain that i'm not in danger anymore and i can actually like explore a room clear a room and no like just having an audio cue that says that alongside of i think i got them all and then maybe that sound is still playing the like little fight music and it happens right outside of the Deku tree. And it warned me very quickly. I was going to love it is that when all, when sub, like when we finally killed all three of those little stick Deku things and it changed immediately back, but like in a fade. So it actually sounded good. It was, a it was a, Oh, weight off my chest. It was awesome because I knew that for the rest of the game, I wouldn't have to worry if I cleared a room correctly before I started exploring. And that's why I didn't give it a 10 is because I once again held through with my word the repetitive heart, low heart problems and hearing the same chest opening sequence all the time. Hmm. I never heard that low health, uh, health noise. So yeah, I, I gave it a 10. Uh, one of the big ones for me is uh, Link's footsteps actually making different sound depending on what you're running on. Whether it's like gravel or grass or like when you're in town in the market, it changes based on whatever you're walking on. And I noticed a few different ones. Digimon World yeah, 3 did didn't you, do that. Did you nope. know that in the cutscene with like Saria, when you're like saying goodbye to her, like 
makes a noise of you walking on the wooden bridge, but then you get off the wooden bridge at the end of like the cutscene, and it makes a different footstep yep, noise. Makes a different that's sound. them. Yep. Yeah, that makes that's them just paying attention to the small details again. I don't know Did if they intentionally. Do I don't know if they intentionally programmed that in. They prob maybe they did, but they might have just programmed him walking, so that it would just make the sound of what he was on. Would but yeah, it's still na- It's still nasty red. And with that, I believe we move on to arguably the most important category of any game: the fun. Well, this is the this is the category you get to be subjective and not objective. So uh, we'll start aren't at the they, top. Wait, aren't they all subjective? <laughs> no, those no, are they're all objective. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you got to be objective when we're doing all the other categories. This but is like still your opinion. Nope, okay. we are a we are a fact based podcast. Oh, okay. okay, that's why I said the no, the Navi got annoying. So that's a fact. <laughs> Should I start with the lowest? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be me. QPI gave it a six. Joel. Visor, Greg, and Bedrood gave it eights. Sabrina and Jack of Spades gave it a ten. Oh wait, and I gave it a three. Why? <laughs> nice. Because I didn't. I did not enjoy it. it I mean, so hey, that's sad. fair. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I tried to keep my dislike of this style of game. I know, J- Visor, you're gonna say it's similar to Dark Souls or whatever, but <laughs> I just get I wander around and get lost too much and these zelda games and it's not the most fun so that's just why generally don't like them that's fair all right now you guys can give it all your praise (laughs) maybe say i tell me i should enjoy this game and then matt you should enjoy this game because link wears a green tunic and (laughs) when you go around in a field you can roll and he goes hey yeah (laughs) it's a lot of fun matt if you don't like this game you literally aren't allowed to play video games anymore that's exactly why i don't like this game and that's That's not a joke this isn't satire i'm 100 percent serious matt is no longer allowed to play video games Ooh. honestly the first time this game's all right i felt like i was starting to get a, a handle of the controls and stuff and enjoying it more than my first 30 minutes but you know, I've played better games. It's it's as easy as that for me. I was surprised, actually, at how much fun I had coming back to this. I had... I honestly think I got farther today when I played it than I actually did the entire time when I was a kid playing this game. I, I don't know what it was. I just could not get very far when I was younger. I always got stuck on something silly and just quit and played something else but coming back to it it was a good good little romp i enjoyed it very much and yeah i think it is well deserved and i gave mine such a high fun score a part of it was like and we had this with other games too where if you have a a second person playing with you that always like kind of ups up the the fun a little bit just because you you get that back and forth interaction and and maybe even a little bit of help too greg was able to give me some pointers on like which direction to go because i uh was not going the right direction sometimes and and the other fun thing for me is just the nostalgic of uh of when I played it in the past. And even though I didn't get to the opponent part today, uh, I still had fun, you know, just uh, experiencing the beginning for the first time and actually getting into what the, what the game was about. 
Yeah, I think most of my fun from this game goes back to like, you know, playing an old N64 game and it actually like holding up to like what you remember it as. Like when the first game N64 game I picked, I think was Glover 64. And I was like, yeah, this game was so much fun. And like, then we go back to it and it's absolutely awful. The controls are atrocious. <laughs> and this game, it's like, you go back into it and it's like the gameplay is still fun. Like you're able to maneuver around combat's enjoyable, exploration's enjoyable. And like, it's like the first N64 game where I'm able to go back and say like, yeah, this still was like a good game and it's, it still holds up today and one of the best of its time. Is her name Navi because she helps you navigate? Yes. No, it's, it's, uh, from Avatar, the space blue monkey. The, the Navi? Movie. Yeah, yeah. No. It's named after that. It's yeah. not because she navigates you. Watch out! But there's just like so much to do in these games. You know, they're just really fun. I mean, you got a lot of different items, menus, other things to navigate, and like once you kind of get out into the open world too, it even just builds on itself. But all the little details and then the way you interact with the world, I think, is very well designed from a gameplay standpoint pick up a rock and you can carry it around and you throw it against a wall and it shatters like it actually shatters into like, three little pieces like there's little things like that that just make it incredibly fun and like there's a good sense of progression these games do a really good job of being like hey you're getting these new items you're getting stronger you're getting new abilities you're getting magic you're getting hearts you know defeating a boss gives you something you know and there's a reason that like all these future games like we keep memeing on dark souls but i mean it does have a lot of those elements, right? You get more HP, the more bosses that you kill. You gain new moves, new weapons. And video games like that stuff. And this game was kind of one of the one of the first to kind of slam a lot of those very common gameplay, you know, elements all into one piece, at least in a very functional way. So, I had a, a lot of fun playing it and I have a lot of fun watching speedrunners of this game too for that very reason because it's got a lot of interesting stuff to so the game's just broken the speedrunners they just break the game pretty hard it's pretty hilarious though because if if you're watching the hundred percent runs though they have to go to all the areas and then you see how they're going to trick every single dungeon but like the speedrun time i think on ocarina of time is what 24 minutes you need to go get some bomb chews and you can glitch yourself into the final room oh Oh, i I will add to that i know joel wants to go but i will add to that and say they just recently beat the demo for Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Master's Quest, Hero's Quest, the one that came alongside of another game as a demo on a GameCube. I think it's Daddy's Quest. Yeah, Daddy's Quest, Fa- Ocarina of Time. It was Father's Quest. <clears throat> what? And they have officially... It, it gave you a five-minute time limit in the demo, and they have beaten the game in that time. So someone has beaten the whole game of Ocarina of Time Master's Quest in the five-minute time limit well, of the demo. What a, what a poorly designed game in order for people to be able to exploit it like that. Okay. This is an N64. <laughs> One thing that I spaced on mentioning uh, during the gameplay portion of this is actually the UI in this, specifically in the menu, is actually pretty decent. For a Nintendo okay. 64 game, Like it is navigable enough. It's not that confusing. You have, I think it's four or five pages that you swap through, and they all give you everything on them that you need to interact with. And it's it's easy. It's simple, and it's easy. 
I also appreciated that it was like color coded in the background so you can know what one you're flipping to much faster than in menus nowadays where it's all just black and white text. Easy to save, easy to quit. Like that's another thing that's, that's nicely integrated into that menu system. It was cool that you were like, there was just these four panels. It was kind of like you were in like a cube, like a game cube. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus that'd be six panels. Yeah, but only only four if you're looking at it like horizontal. You have to look up and down. Which well, then it's a game square. You're a fucking game square, bitch. Wow, wait, is that wait is that the podcast member that's yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> my mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first mom. Oh. Oh. Hi, hi, math mom. Shots oh. were fired. Oh, is that my father? father? Everybody gets a little mad. Did he drop your Nintendo 64 again? He did. He's going to after he hears that. Are we done here? Yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, um, let's wheal. I sure hope so. We're going to get some let's, uh, I'll go, I'll go really, averages. I'll go really oh, fast. Let's, let's let well, Jared we, go really fast. We're fucking sellouts, obviously. Let's, we're let's done let Jared here. go really fast. Yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's definitely a 10 out of 10 game later on. I just based it on the first hour. But later on, like Jacob said, you get so many different items and you go to so many different dungeons. The game just feels like way more fuller and a more complete adventure than other games at the time. And yeah, like it just feels like way longer and a more epic journey than any other game back then. And it definitely deserves like a 10 out of 10 in high scores for sure. But yeah, I just had a lot of fun. I was a little worried that we weren't even going to make it to Queen Goma. I couldn't remember how long into the game she was, but I'm like glad we got to at least see like a boss fight and stuff. But yeah, the game was just a lot of fun for sure. All right. I'm going to bump my score up to a four. Oh, Matt, wow. have some fun, huh? Yep. Okay, less than a little less than average. A little average less fun, than average. Huh, yeah, that's. I think that's fair for. Yeah, it wasn't a Sonic game. To be fair, exactly. it is very difficult to convince someone that a game is fun. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So that's true. him bumping up his score is a fairly big deal, yeah. specifically for the fun score. In the fun category. Yeah, it really fed into his Keebler Elf. Uh, that's it. Uh, persona that Fantasy. he wanted to get into. Yeah. Ooh. Do you know what else would feed this Keebler the Elf if we? Yeah. No, we no, not yet. We need the averages. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know what really? You know what really? Whatever Jacob said. The averages. <laughs> Oh, the wheel spinning! <laughs> the, the wheel of averages, baby. The wheel of All right. Averages. Are we done here? Yeah. Well, we need the average. Av- I think the it's time to pull up what this game came out to be. Good old average score. <gasps> Spin okay. those <laughs> averages. God damn it, guys. Uh, our machine's breaking down. <laughs> All right. It's finished. Oh, dear. I think it, it really had to chug through all those numbers, all those high numbers. Yeah, it was a lot it's of easy. double digits. Yep, it's easy to average low numbers with these high ones. Gameplay. Oh, by the way, this is the first hour podcast official score for this game. Gameplay is a 7.13. Do we do one or two digits? You did Just one. one. You have done two, but you do... You end it with one. You mainly do one. Yes. Nice. All right. 
Gameplay is a 7.1, story 8.0, graphics 8.5, sound 9.5, fun 7.8, for a total of 8.2. Is that our highest? Matt? Is it? Matt? Who was? Matt? Pay up, boys. No, Matt, what? Pay up, boys. (laughs) What are we paying up for? Oh, uh, yeah, I have that going that as soon as I announced the highest score of this game, you were going to say, is that the highest score we've had? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I knew, yep, that is the highest, yes. Awesome! By, I think, point, or, point yeah, three. point two. Oh, I guess two it's time to start picking games that I know people enjoy to beat that. <laughs> yep, now we go. Good we luck. gotta find the next. We already played Legend of the Guy, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going to be better than that. <laughs> Lagaya 2 Duel Well, you saga? know what that means, ladies that and gentlemen. Mean? Let's get the w- It's time to spin that wheel. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. Nah. Nah, yeah, we'll see. You guys ready? Brand Matt, new give wheel. us a countdown. Two, one. Spin, spin that, that wheel. 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 <laughs> wheel in the sky. Okay, what are you going to beat this last one? It's We got a nice little game I think you'll all enjoy called Luigi's Mansion. Oh! Mario! Mario! Hey, that's a co-op game. I saw a YouTube video Is this the first Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, for the Nintendo GameCube. I'd hope so. Okay. Well, you made a little reference to the GameCube earlier. He must have known he was going to win the wheel. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been the first hour where we make hot takes on reheated video games. episode in the bag with probably one of the most popular Nintendo 64 games of all time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed playing the game, recording the episode, and even editing it most of the time. Uh, Unfortunately, as you noticed, and as I said earlier, there are some issues with Jaren's audio. I did my best to kind of fix it and duct tape it together with what I had. Thankfully, we had a good chunk at the end, but hopefully we don't have it happen again in the future. Who knows? It's the first hour podcast, so it probably will. Uh, If you like us, spread it around that you like us. Don't tell people to listen to it this week. I'm giving you the week off. Just say that you like us, and that's good enough for me. Uh, hope you guys are excited for Luigi's Mansion, my game. So, of course, I'm really excited. And uh, just thanks for listening. We got a Patreon. We got a website. We got a Discord. Come join us and talk to us. Bye.